everyone. Welcome to episode 38 of Vague Zone. I'm Thomas. And I am Daniel. And today we are talking about the 2002 film Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. If you are just joining us on Vague Zone, the way we do it, we like to pick a franchise and then bounce back between, between choices between me and Daniel. Uh, as we do that, we like to just stick to like the main entries of the franchise. And so my choice for this new franchise is Park Chan Wook's Vengeance trilogy. And yeah. I've been cur- uh, yeah, like I'm I've seen Low Boy. I'm a fan of it, but I haven't seen the other two, so I'm really excited to to jump into this franchise. Um, so yeah, it's also like. How much of a franchise is this, really? Because it's like... (laughs) It's a loose trilogy. Yeah, it's the Vengeance trilogy, but it's like... It's, it's, I I guess it's it's just three movies about revenge from Park Chan-wook, and yeah... Correct. Yes, in the pretty past, loose we've done one. Fra- yeah, we've done franchises like you know the entire Final Destination franchise or the entire entire Purge franchise. So this is more of a trilogy from an auteur, South Korean director. So it's they're, yeah, they're yeah. loosely related just from the theme of vengeance. There's a po- very popular trilogy from the early 2000s, and yeah, I've been looking to revisit this, and I figured it'd be a good, good, uh, you know, good, uh, be a good, ah, uh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've been looking forward to watching these movies for a while, and I thought they'd be good for discussion. So, yeah, I'm excited to jump into these. Cool. Uh, so, before we get into it, I'll read the IMDb synopsis. Yes. A recently laid off, a recently laid, a recently yeah. laid off factory worker kidnaps his former boss's friend's daughter, hoping to use the ransom money to pay for his sister's kidney transplant. That sums yeah. it up. <laughs> And then it all comes crumbling down. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'll ask, I'll start with you, Daniel. What did you think of Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance? Uh, I'd seen the, <clears throat> I'd seen this once before. Um, I watched all the Vengeance movies, like, k- kind of back-to-back, um, when, like, 15 years ago, maybe. But, yeah, um, yeah it's... it's uh, it's not a good it's not a pleasant experience <laughs> it's it's, yeah, it's kind of a bummer this movie uh but yeah i i, I really i i do really enjoy it i think it's really well crafted pretty phenomenally crafted there is like one or two m- moments that i have issues with but i think they stand out particularly because this is an otherwise really solid movie um, totally yeah, I, I'm really, I, I'm really curious. I want to know more about Park Chan Wook after watching this. I want to know mm-hmm. more about like, um, I, I don't really, I'm not really read up on uh, Korean history, um, like the relationship between South Korea and North Korea. Um, yeah. So I would be curious to know more about that because there is uh, quite a lot of politics going on uh, in this movie. And yeah, I think they touched on some some spot on things. I'm like vaguely aware. I've been to South Korea once, and um, sort of know about the culture a little bit. And yeah, there's definitely like that feeling of like, okay, we want to protect our culture from the West, but also from like you know China too. So there's this weird like just kind of stuck in between like communism to the yeah. north and just Western shit to the West. And like it, it feels like a lot of the movies that make their way to the United States from Korea and like. Uh, become renowned here <clears throat> tend to tend to be pretty political uh, and also tend to be like kind of extreme and uh, either yeah. with their violence or you know horror movies or something like that what did, what did you think of Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance? So yeah I, I was blown away by this just a little bit of context I remember hearing about Old Boy like freshman year of high school and just I was becoming like a movie person a movie nerd and 
I saw like it on uh, Ebert and Roper or whatever, and yeah, I just remember just like seeing the hallway scene as being like, I need to see this movie. This looks so cool, and I didn't make my way to seeing Old Boy until a few years later, and I think I was a little jaded by the time I got to it. So I wasn't like blown away by Old Boy the first time I watched mm-hmm. it. I was sort of just in my dorm room like, hmm, like I like I see why this is cool, but I don't, I didn't really get the hype. But now that I'm a little bit older and I've seen you know, a lot more movies, watching this, I was just so stunned by the cinematography of it, just the the protagonist flip that they do and just the excruciating pain of this movie. But it, it doesn't get super over the top and super egregious. Like I don't know. Have you seen the movie I Saw the Devil? Yeah, I have. I, I don't remember too much of it, though, but go on. Yeah, that's like another more like recent Korean revenge movie, but it's like way more in the direction of slasher and like gory, you know, torture fest. This is a little bit more reserved. I really appreciated the fact that we have a deaf mute protagonist. I was thinking a lot of Sound of Metal because we're fans of that on the show. And mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking about this uh, protagonist, uh, the character Ryu, played by uh, Shin Ha Kyun. He's just so fantastic, which is like just delivering so many emotions, just just completely with his face or just completely silent and dealing with like just the weight of this entire revenge thing just falling apart and yeah, it's like I, I was like in love with this movie. I'm like trying to take notes while watching stuff for the show, but after a certain point, I just had to put my phone down, so I was just sucked into it. I think it was the scene when the like the factory worker confronts the the businessman in the street. That's when I was like, okay, I, oh, yeah. I, I was like completely sucked in because yeah, it just it, it it hit all the the right things that I like in a movie. It hit all those buttons, and so yeah, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, uh, that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get into the plot without it feels like everything is kind of a spoiler because there's even within the first like 30 minutes there's so many emotional like punches to the face and like you don't want to kind of you don't want to suck the wind out of that by by talking about it so i guess this will be kind of a a spoiler conversation but just like uh emily came home late and i was i was finishing up the movie and so she only she only caught the end, and I was like, "All right, so let me give you let me give you the rundown of like what is happening in this." And, Just. <laughs> and the whole time she was like, "Oh my god!" Like every time I revealed a new plot beat. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's an int- this is an interesting one to to sort of summarize because yeah, there's just a lot of turns and it it gets really dark and yeah, I just appreciate the weirdness of it and yeah, the politicalness of the character, like the the girlfriend character is like this anarchist and so there's that going on and there's just yeah, this whole like caste system going on with like the, the poor characters wanting to re- like revolt against these richer characters and like yeah, you know, subtly mentioned and yeah, there's just a lot of moving parts and yeah, just, and they're sort of trying to like dehum. So so okay, so quick quick plot breakdown <laughs> is yeah. as we as we've said from the synopsis, uh, this guy he gets laid off from a factory. He kidnaps his boss's friend's daughter, hoping to use the ransom money to pay for his sister's kidney transplant. Um, the problem is that God, yeah, okay. <laughs> like I, I feel like the synopsis it's already skipping over things that are really important. So like yeah. I think the first major thing is so yeah, he he promises his sister he's gonna give her his kidney. Um it turns out he has the wrong blood type. So what he does is he goes to the black market to sell his kidney, pay ten million won, which is roughly like nine thousand dollars American, mm-hmm. and they will give him a kidney of the proper blood type. He wakes up, his kidney's missing, his money's missing, he's naked, and the people he was working to deal with have disappeared. 
Yeah, it's, it's really intense sequence when he's like in this desolate parking garage setting where they do this deal and then he just wakes up and the camera just backs up and he's just yeah. na- naked alone and afraid inside of this large concrete structure and I was like oh goodness this is this is a super vulnerable moment and there's like this flower that he had to bring to them and yeah and that's like the only thing that's left behind um there's also like getting into that scene when they're walking up the stairs and we have the their silhouettes and the camera is further and further back for every level that they ascend up to the top of where this uh where this operation is going to take place and i feel like that's where i fell in love yeah that was like the only thing i really remembered from this from seeing this movie all those years ago it's just and i didn't know which one it was in i was just like i just remember this shot of the silhouette shot of people climbing a staircase and it felt very <laughs> surreal. Um, it's a good, good shot. It's but, a good series of shots. So yeah, that's the first bummer. Second bummer, he goes back to the doctor who told him he was the wrong blood type and the doctor says, great news, we found a donor for you. It never happens this quick. You it's have the news, 10 million one, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and of course he does not. He's He's been robbed. So that's like this comic irony. It, it, it's like... Um, is that story the gift of the magi is that what that's yes yeah 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 it's it's got a few of these moments where it's just this cruel comic irony um yeah and for those who aren't familiar with the gift of the magi it's like that classic thing it's like oh like i gave you a gift in you know because i I want yeah i sold my watch to buy you a comb but you sold your hair to buy me a chain for my watch (laughs) yeah yeah it's like we both <laughs> yeah now the both gifts negative. are useless yeah. yeah yeah both useless gifts and definitely thinking about that when he goes through the this excruciating deal and gets basically swindled out of his organ and his money and yeah he the the scene where like he tells his uh he tells his sister is played for a weird last because it cuts and he's like just kind of like dodging like a little bit dodging things off screen and then we see like the sister completely just like go at him be like you fucking like oh that's the like, girlfriend what you, like, the girlfriend, oh, the girlfriend. Shit up. I don't know, yeah 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 sorry <clears throat> looks the girlfriend is like i just like the the reveal of that he just it just cuts to him like kind of dodging and then yeah. he just like totally like just tackles it's like dude just bed. had his kidney torn out <laughs> like yeah no one there's no no one gets away safe in a park shambuk film everyone's gonna walk away with losing something and losing a lot of everything that they care about and that definitely happens to ryu over the course of this because he's doing all this for his sister for his sister's transplant and then yeah um sorry what part are we on uh so so they don't have the money for the operation so they decide okay we're gonna he gets laid off so now he can't he can't raise the money himself and so he says, okay, we're going we're gonna to kidnap my boss's daughter. Initially, the plan is to kidnap their boss's daughter. And then they see this confrontation that you were mentioning before of the boss and a former employee who is like, he, he is like cutting himself in front of them. Uh, he, he's going to commit suicide in front of them to like shame them, I guess. But yes. the knife isn't <laughs> long enough. <laughs> Yeah, and that whole sequence is just so bizarre because they're driving home with the daughters, and then there's like the, there's like this sudden stop, and then we cut to the outside of the car. It's an upside down shot, and then we see this man laying under the car, yeah. and then he gets up and he like creates the scene, starts telling him about like 
like my pr- like my productivity was always like really good. Like yeah. you know, I'm always super productive and working my years. best years to this company. Yeah, and... Gave you my best years. Like I have kids to feed, and it's another like really great symmetrical shot when it's just like the two parents on the outside, and then the uh, pang a little bit further back, and then he's just like he pulls up his shirt and pulls out this razor blade and does the cuts, and then. It's like a, a moment, and then we punch into his stomach, and we just see like the dull slices. And I was just yeah. like, "Oh man!" Like it's just. And then the slices yeah. start filling with blood. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird that there's like this pause where it's just like we just see these like shitty little cuts, and then he starts bleeding. <laughs> yeah, there's really like just a very tactile awareness of violence. I feel like this, this happens in Old Boy. I can't. I can't wait to rewatch Old Boy with fresh eyes. But with, at least with this one, it felt very. It's very tactile. It's like the torture scenes that come up later. And yeah, just him burying the sister in the river, like just putting the rocks over her. Just like it just it just felt very, I don't know, it just felt very real and just very physical seeing all these characters do these things very meticulously and slowly. Yeah, it's not very, it's not like, so, so Old Boy has that like famous hallway fight uh, where we're like scrolling from left to right. Um, nothing. There's nothing really like that. The the violence isn't particularly stylized. It's kind of raw and dirty, and just unpleasant. Um, yeah, not cool. Very... Not stylish. It's just unpleasant. Yeah. and it's really bad because this whole kidnapping plot goes awry. And basically, the sorry the the couple they they kidnap this girl and they're like entertaining her at the house and everything. And basically, um somewhere along the line of them just like trying to uh what's their yeah they're trying to get ransom from the dad essentially yeah. and the, the he comes home and he's like playing with the daughter and she's like watching cartoons it's this really odd scene where she's like sitting on his lap or he like gets like gets on the ground she like climbs climbs on him when he tries to yeah. like wrestling with the remote and everything and what meanwhile she's like yeah like your girlfriend is in no not, not girlfriend the your sister. sister is inside <laughs> the bathroom she's getting ready and then yeah. after a while he he like, but I don't know what, what triggers him to figure it out. But he goes inside. Well, and she hands him a note. Yeah, the little girl had, hands yeah. him a note, and yeah, so that's it, that's it. the note reveals that the sister has. So, so they've been lying to the sister. They've been saying that oh, they're just they're just babysitting this little girl. They didn't yeah, like uh, so have scenes they, hanging out and everything. <laughs> yeah, the potential of it being a kidnapping is does not even cross her mind. Um, so uh, the sister realizes that he was fired. She realizes she, somehow we don't we don't see all the. Uh, uh, gosh what's the intricacies of how she discovers this but she she mm. she, she comes to understand that it was a kidnapping yeah. and so the little girl i believe her name is sun yu is that what it is uh sun yun sun yun sun yeah 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 okay <laughs> it's i never know i never know with imdb because they do the names backwards sometimes sun yeah um but ugh, sorry i'm totally fucking this up <laughs> anyways the little girl hands Ryu a note, and it's from the sister. And the sister has realized that it's a kidnapping. She in the in the note she says, "This is the worst thing you could do to me, uh, this, or this is the worst thing you could do. You're a monster, whatever, whatever." She says goodbye. So then he rushes into the bathroom, and it is revealed that the sister has slit her wrist inside the bathtub. So once again, this this the irony of the the deal had worked. They had the money. They were ready to go. Uh, the little girl was happy. Everyone. 
it was like it was probably the nicest kidnapping you could do not a nice i, I guess there's never a nice kidnapping it was but. it was going as smoothly as it could have yeah. gone and even the character mentions earlier in the movie is like they're, they're like trying to convince like the guy to do it and she's like there's good kidnappings and bad kidnappings and, yeah. and as long as the police aren't involved and you know it doesn't escalate to this point of like you know being like a ransom situation and the money exchanges safely and the, everyone's okay Everyone walks away all right, and then you know it's not this yeah. big. This is, and they're like, they're like talking well, about like, oh, like, is she gonna? Need. Yeah, it's like, is she gonna miss school for this? And like, oh, school's not even in right now because it's summertime. Like, there's having like yeah. this really this like strange conversation about the kidnapping, but then yeah, it fucking falls apart entirely when the, the person he's doing this for commits suicide. And yeah. yeah, that's when the movie like really fucking. It's like a huge gut punch for the center of the movie, but then it continues on because it sort of moves for, towards. Uh, it, switching over to being the story about the dad and the dad sort of reacting to his daughter well, being victim. Yeah. We did, yeah. So what happens next <laughs> is they go to bury. He goes yes, to bury his sister's one. body. <laughs> this is a tricky one at yeah. the river because she said she always wanted to be buried at the river that they played at when they were kids. And while he's burying his sister's body, out in the background, we see the little girl fall off a bridge into the river. And she's calling for his name. She's calling for help. But because he is deaf, he doesn't hear it. And she drowns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is kind of, this is the scene where I really, okay, so there's this, this mentally disabled, mentally challenged, the, I, they call mm -hmm. him mentally disabled in the movie, yeah. um, character who's wandering around, who ends up being a witness to this. And I, it felt like I, I really didn't understand why this character was included in the movie. I don't know. Did you? I, I told. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Because it's like, it just it it it's adding this weird tone to the scene that doesn't need to be there. It feels almost like a. It feels almost like a Deus Ex Machina. Uh, that that this character is just happens to be at the river. There's no causation to it. Um, yeah. And it's also just kind of uncomfortable that it's, you know, someone with a mental yeah. dis disability. Um, yeah, because you're wondering, like, are they what, like, are they playing this for laughs, or are they playing this for court? Like, what are they trying to yeah. you know, communicate by having this character sort of show up? I was just more stuck on, I think, just his character just not understanding. I think that's just what they were trying to go for. It's like they just need to have someone who doesn't really understand the gravity of what's happening. But I think they just went too far in that direction by having him be like physically contorting and like stretching his shirt out and like yeah stuff yeah it's it's like a really extreme performance and it is it is like one of those things where like oh this is kind of cringe how I feel about this. <laughs> yeah and it's also just like to, yeah but, to me it felt like it was satisfying this because later on he becomes like a witness but yeah. i feel like you could get there you can connect the dots without the necessity of this character for sure yeah i i agree with that and I, I think I was really latching on to the necklace bit that mm. was going on because they're like they, they're so set up with like there is this necklace that this girl is wearing, and basically when the she's inside of the car sleeping, like there's a shot of like a like someone trying to take it from her, and basically it's like this is reveals I guess this guy this this mentally challenged person, and then after she drowns in the water like there's this weird moment where Ryu's just stunned he's like yeah. completely helpless doesn't know what to do and then this character just creeps into the frame 
And at that moment, I was just like, is he going to, like, is he grab gonna try the girl and save her? Yeah. yeah, so he's going to, like, try to grab her out of the water. But no, he just, like, goes and, like, literally grabs a necklace and with he grabs his it with teeth his mouth, and, yeah. Yeah, and then rips it off. And I was just like, holy shit. It's just... I, I don't know. It's just the sheer weirdness of that worked for me. I don't know why. But <laughs> and it, was it just feels like, like that's... To me, it felt like that was supposed to be comedic. <laughs> uh, like yeah. another... There, there's like this weird comedy to this movie. Like even even the irony of, uh, you know, oh, like now there's a... Uh, now we can perform... We have a donor, you know? Now we can perform this yeah. operation if you have the money. Like that is like a cruel comic irony. And like this guy going out to save this drowning girl only to take her necklace feels like the same sort of thing. Um, yeah. Similar to what the reveal that the girlfriend, like she's putting up flyers about, you know, this, this communism, like, anti American, like no American product. She's putting up these propaganda posters throughout the entire movie. And then after she dies later in the film, um, ba- like I'm going to spoil that. Uh, we find out that she's the only member of this, of yeah. this anarchist group. And, and I then, thought that was like in the line of that. Yeah, this really is funny in irony, but it's, yeah. But it's, then we it's, find it's out that target. that's also not the case. <laughs> yeah. She, she was telling the truth and she does have, she's uh, part of a, a terrorist group. Uh, yeah. Part of a group of good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's hard to like not spoil this movie and talk very freely about it. Cause yeah, after like the halfway point is for, it just, kind of explodes and yeah i really enjoyed the the switch over because we're sticking with ryu for the entire time and it's all about him having this like the struggle for like you know he needs to have this organ replacement so it's yeah he's trying to get his organ replaced for his sister and he goes through this entire plot to do it but when that falls apart we switch over to the person who was the victim to this and yeah. then it becomes his movie and yeah then we're like getting like these really excruciating autopsy scenes and it's just yeah it just, gosh yeah it's that was another thing where i was like do we need this autopsy? <laughs> like like is this just excessively cruel to have us watching this guy see his daughter get uh yeah cut I, to I, pieces I, 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 I could see how it could be interpreted as cruel, but I appreciate the juxtaposition of that. And then he's watching an autopsy of someone he quote unquote doesn't care yeah. about. And, and he's, he's yawning. There yawning. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was like, that's great. Cause then we get this, you're showing how this character is interpreting yeah. these two very different, very different situations. Yeah. And I was breaking as a person, basically. Like he just like yeah. tortured the fuck out of this girl. Now he's watching her get cut to pieces and he's bored. Um, yeah. 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 Super. Yeah. So super dark and super odd. And yeah, just the way that they handle just the violence in it is it is. Yeah, it is sometimes played for laughs and sometimes it's I just don't know how to feel about it. But it's it's very extreme and it was very effective for me, I think. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's it's there's a lot of moments in this movie that are just like it's just punctuating the awful thing that you're 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 witnessing. So like uh, him torturing this girl is pretty fucking rough already. Then she pees herself. That's pretty yeah. fucking rough. And then the trail of piss runs over close to his food and he's looking at it and it looks like he's deciding, you know, am I not going to eat this food because it's been near this piss? Now he just throws it yeah. in his bowl and he continues eating. <laughs> like Yeah. It's so <laughs> it's simultaneously just this series, this this constant stair-step descent into uh, bleakness, but it's also with the way it's revealing it, it, it feels like it's constantly getting heightened. It's operating in two different directions. Uh, 
Yeah, and I feel like there was a sense of balance to it. And so, and I, yeah. I appreciated like the symmetry in this movie. And that was one thing I was going to ask you is what did you think about how this movie was shot? Because I, I think that's a really strong thing about this movie is this, the geometry of this movie, this, the symmetry of this movie. One shot in particular that I cannot get out of my head is, is after the dad, uh, Park Dong Jin, after he finds out that his daughter's dead, he's having a conversation with the detective and they're inside of a minivan. And yeah. the way that the minivan is set, it's like, framed for you can see the investigation happening in the background we only see the dad's like arm or like a leg and then it, then there's like the cops sort of offset in the center and there's like this action kind of happening and yeah it's like it's a, a long take and it's like we're just sitting here getting a section of this interrogation and i just i just i, I just really appreciated that that we're like literally only getting a small frame like within a bigger frame and yeah just i just like the the um, symbol the, the symbolism of that like, do you have any thoughts yeah. like that rewatching it um so it's 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 interesting the way this movie is shot but also the way it's sort of written uh they almost so, so the movie like i said we don't see how uh the sister figures out that the girl was kidnapped we don't actually see the kidnapping either there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that's left out that we just have to kind of um, put the pieces together mentally to understand like what what is happening plot wise and even with the way it's shot it's like it's not revealing all of the information to you so like in, in this uh, scene that you're describing it feels like a lot of times we would get uh, shots of the dad reacting to the in this exchange you know it would be a shot reverse shot situation of him talking to uh, the police officer who, or whoever this person is um, but instead it's just one long take you know the character with who has uh experienced the most emotional trauma who's probably giving the most emotional performance is completely obstructed by a van door um the way this movie shoots violence there's usually uh that sort of situation too there's a scene later in the movie where ryu he he manages to track down um the people who stole his kidney and stole his money and he's beating one of them on the ground with a baseball bat and the way it's shot the camera is pretty distant up in a higher corner of the room and it's almost like ryu's body is between the man on the ground and the camera so you're not fully seeing all of the violence taking place um yeah it's not yeah this movie this movie does that a few times i feel i feel like especially with the violence um oh another thing we were just talking about the the autopsy we are only focused on uh the dad's face we are never seeing the autopsy we are hearing it and it's fucking gruesome to hear we're hearing an excruciating detail (laughs) yeah Yeah, like oh he saw this and yeah things cracking and it's yeah it's fucking horrifying horrifying yeah I, w- I wonder if they just bought like a rotisserie chicken and were like cracking the bones in front of a microphone or something like that. Yeah, right. And uh, it's such a painful thing. But I was also thinking about um, thinking thinking symmetry. I thought it was interesting that his sister dies by basically sl- slitting her wrist inside of the bathtub, and then the daughter dies by right. drowning inside of the lake. And, and then yeah, he died, Ryu dies by having his uh, Achilles tendon sliced in that same he, lake or in the same river he, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> fucking gnarly. At, yeah. That's, that was one shot when I was like, okay, like we don't need but to. But once to again, see, like, we don't see, we don't see the slice. We see the aftermath yeah. of the slice. True. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Interesting choice. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then I, I like the the odd the oddness of him setting up like the booby trap for Ryu at the end. It was also just like a, a really odd thing where I didn't quite get what was happening in that scene. Like there's later in the movie, like uh, uh, Dad, he basically. Puts, he basically puts all the pieces together. Like he has a picture of the daughter. And he, like he works his way back to the apartment, and he like he hears like the perverted uh, neighbors next door. They have like a radio going mm-hmm. on, so he gets a little bit of news about the murder, and so he sort of puts it together where this person is. And throughout the the latter half of this movie, there's a scene where he tortures the character. Basically, like puts a battery on her ear lobes, yeah. essentially, and so. There's like a, a scene that happens after that where he's inside of Ryu's home and he's like waiting. They're both waiting inside each other's houses or like Ryu's waiting outside of uh, the dad's house inside of a car. And he's like staking outside and then the dad is like inside of his house. And so it's like another little like parallel thing where they've like switched spaces essentially. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ryu finally makes his way back home and he like is creeping up to his door and like really hesitant and you know he hears that the dad is in there snoring and so he knows something's up he knows someone's in there and he like like really really hesitantly like he's like i'm gonna like i don't know if i'm gonna go into the door like trying to work the angle but he touches the doorknob and gets electrocuted from that device and yeah i don't know i just i I wasn't expecting that i just thought that was kind of clever and so i I just appreciated that that he was like playing possum (laughs) a little bit yeah and then also the fact that the dad gets the upper hand on him and like like i just like i don't know i feel like there's moments in this movie where it's like okay this is just like kind of crass violence but i i appreciated that it was cleverly done like he basically set like a booby trap up for this for this character and so yeah i i don't know i just i was into that yeah yeah i'm trying to think of additional thoughts i feel like we can have a we could probably dive into the politics of this movie, but I don't really know what to say without, I think I would have liked to have understood more of the history of the country <laughs> to see how this relates yeah. to it, because I'm sure, you know, what, what sort of events did Park Chan-wook like live through that would like result in this? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. And yeah, and I, I don't want to like entirely butcher the South Korean history or even yeah, Korean I don't history. Wanna... Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so, it's so complex and so dense and, yeah, even going there, I was just like, wow, this, I could come here and study your history for my entire life and still only know a portion of it because, you know, there's just so much that goes on in that region. And so it's it's it's, it's hard to sort of capture it all in a snapshot. But, yeah, it does seem odd that Korean, uh, Korean revenge films are super violent and super extreme, very excruciating, painful experiences. And, like, like, I don't know why they're so contemplative on revenge in that country, but they seem to have spent a lot of time thinking about it. Um, so I was looking at the writers and it says comic. Is this movie based on a comic? Uh, that might be news. To me. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, a couple, some pieces of trivia that I found on IMDb. This is the first film to have a sex scene with sign language in it. I did not okay. know that. <laughs> it's progressive. Um, I knew that, Park Chan-wook, I guess, originally he wanted the movie to fade from color to black and white by the ending. Um, It would just progressively become desaturated. Uh, I guess, for whatever reason, they decided not to do that. Maybe it was like a budgetary constraint. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, Yeah, I could, yeah. That just goes further into my theory about, like, it just being about symmetry and about just, like, both sides being compared and contrasted. Yeah. 
It's interesting that like the reviews are so low. I, I think maybe just audiences weren't prepared for something so it's abrasive. It's fucking grueling. So. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I get it, but I don't know. I think there's like it's there's a poetry in the way that it's presented. Like, yeah. there's really nice overheads. There's a lot of good rule of three going on there's just a lot of it's just visually just it was very stunning I, to me and so i, mean, I can't forgive the, the torture i guess maybe i'm that speaks more to my personality and the shit i'm okay with watching but yeah i was like i'm not too worried about like this morbid side of this like it's a beautiful looking movie i think it's just yeah it's probably just too much for people like the way these things are punctuated like i was saying like um i scene that really struck me is when Ryu, after Ryu, is it Ryu, Ryu? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen Ryu, but okay. yeah, it might be Ryu. After Ryu's girlfriend is killed, um, she's being transported in an elevator, and Ryu ends up standing next to her in that elevator, her ne- next mm-hmm. to her dead body, and he holds her hand. And it's like, I could, I could understand some people maybe thinking that's hokey. Um, mm, yeah, yeah, like it's like too sentimental, but I don't know. It feels fucking, it's cruel to me, <laughs> uh, and I, in a good way, in a way where I'm like, this is no, this person, that this moment presented itself, and the director went for it. Like, absolutely, uh, good for them. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, but it's also for every moment like that, there's also like the neighbors all masturbating together yeah. to the sound of the sister yeah, writhing in pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also a fun trivia fact, there's a Michael Jordan poster inside their apartment that I also have. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you can relate to that scene. <laughs> that's that's my connection to the, the, <laughs> the degenerates that live next door. Um, is that is that where we want to end it on <laughs> Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance? <laughs> um, uh, no, I think there was one thing I wanted to say. Um, uh, what kind of factory is he working at? It's like is I don't know like ball bearings or like nickels. Like what is? I wasn't it's sure. Like, was he? Yeah, like was he melting down metal? Like is this scrap? I, I have I have no idea what he's doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just that first couple of scenes, I was just kind of stuck on the task that he was doing. I was like, is he just doing a reme- a very remini- uh, menial task? I almost said the wrong word. Yeah, it's a menial task. Just doing just melting metal down. It just seemed yeah, it's very industrial. Um, thinking about this and Breaking Bad, I feel like there's probably a genre of content where it's like a bunch of people getting hurt because they couldn't afford a medical procedure. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I, and now uh, Korea has, I, I think, socialized healthcare. So, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, and as far as my memory, if my memory is correct, they yeah were able to sort of handle the whole covid pandemic thing oh yeah they handled it incredibly like way faster than we did over here and yeah there is that underlying political thing about not being able to afford this medical procedure and having that be like what kickstarts the agony in this movie yeah um yeah i think that's that that kind of covers what i wanted to say about it i just really enjoyed it visually and yeah i think i might just be desensitized to violence so i mean i definitely am um uh what have you been watching lately is that what we're doing (laughs) yeah absolutely so i've been watching like some john woo movies and so i watched this movie called manhunt from 2017 have you heard about this i have not so yeah this is an interesting movie for a few reasons um 
I like sort of caught up on John Woo. So yeah, he's very much like a gun violence guy mm-hmm. and like Hard Boiled and The Killer. Those are like two iconic movies for just having some someone would consider the best gun action on camera for its time and you know just like completely just like set the bar for what modern yeah. action can be in some cases and so manhunt is interesting since 2017 is really stylized really sleek it's this joint production it's this thing where it's chinese characters interacting with japanese characters and the whole plot is there's this pharmaceutical lawyer who's a chinese pharmaceutical lawyer who gets involved in this murder plot and it's like a cool japanese detective that shows up to save him so it's like this cool like cultural thing where it's like okay it's like a collaboration happening Mm -hmm. and it's like thumbs up for like doing a japanese chinese action film i'm all for it but the the odd thing as far as the execution goes is like the the Chinese characters are speaking Mandarin to the other Chinese characters, the Japanese characters speaking Japanese to the Japanese characters. But when the two leads are talking to each other, they're speaking in English and they're speaking the in their English is like it's it's kind of shaky. And like I remember noticing that a little bit in Shin Godzilla, but I have yeah. to be honest, I don't like like I don't pick up on it too bad. Like I feel like if you are able to. I know English is not an easy language to to learn. I've been stumbling over it all night, so it's clearly <laughs> not an easy thing to to handle. But um, yeah, in Shin Godzilla, they're like, oh yeah, like some, there's some English scenes that are like kind of dicey, but I didn't really pick up on them. They weren't that. I mean, in Shin Godzilla, but... the problem is that the characters speaking English are supposed to be American, and like, boom, yeah, like a uh, first generation, like a. Uh, English is supposed to be their their native language. <laughs> True, yeah. That that one female character, she yeah, she's supposed yeah. to be Japanese American. But at least yeah, for Manhunt, there's just this whole situation where there's a lot of build up with the action and a lot of like just straight up really cool Mexican standoffs, and then the characters start talking to each other in English, and it's like oh, it's like that is, like just did not seem like a strong choice because they're just not very fluid with mm-hmm. it, and so the action is really great. You know, you, you get like your really dope John Woo uh, speedboat chase. You know, there's some nice. really cool gun scenes. There's, like, it's really interesting seeing him handle, like, gun violence in the modern age because, you know, we've grown up in this, you know, post-Columbine era. There's fucking mass shootings almost every single week in this fucking country. And so, like, we're, like, it's good for filmmakers to be aware of, like, the effects of just showing characters very much having fun blowing an entire room of people away. It's like the entire end of Hard Boiled is just like people yeah. just getting blown away in that movie. But in the end of Manhunt, one of the characters is like, I don't want to kill anybody. And then the other guy's like, just shoot him in the legs. And I'm like, that's like, like I don't know if that like makes it okay. Do you like, get a whole st- <laughs> sequence of people just getting shot in the legs? It's like one guy. And after <laughs> oh, that man. one guy, it's like they just, he just starts aiming up again. But I was just like, like, man, like clearly they had a conversation about it. And they're like, okay, we'll put a line in there to, I feel to, like that would be, to, to appease. That'd be a great cheat is just to like be like, oh, we'll just shoot him in the legs. And then like a good 20 minutes of the movie is just people yeah. getting their shins blown up. Yeah. There's definitely shots in that, in that climax where I'm like, okay, it's just a lot of shin violence happening. It's really egregious, but yeah, I, I had a good time watching it. I recommend it. It's a really fun movie. Um, yeah. John Woo's always great. Um, and so, yeah, I, I happy I picked that. It's on Netflix. So it's, it's, oh, okay, cool. it's easy to get. Yeah. 
What did you watch this week? Uh, I have not been watching much. Uh, what I have been doing is I've been playing this game that I played when I was like 12 or 13 called Shadow Man. It's um, from 1999. It came out on N64, PlayStation, Dreamcast, and PC. And they just released a remaster of it with like updated controls and like some quality of li- quality of life improvements and stuff like that. But um, the way the game works is uh shadow you're 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 shadow man and he is a voodoo warrior who can travel between the world of the living and the world of the dead and so there's this demon this demonic entity named legion who is uh he is gathering these serial killers to create this asylum for for uh evil souls basically in Hmm. in dead side the world of the dead and there they will gather these quote-unquote dark souls to build an army that will uh, travel to the world of the living to um, create Armageddon. And so you as Shadow Man, it's it's like Banjo-Kazooie or something. You as Shadow Man, you have to go and you have to collect all the dark souls to stop stop (laughs) Legion and his serial killer cronies. Um, And so it's like the the vibe is sort of like seven from david fincher with the serial killer stuff and okay it's it's basically it's imagine like old school tomb raider where you're just like jumping across gaps and like shimming on ledges and stuff like that it's that but it's horror um so you're like swimming in lakes of blood and you're like fighting zombies (laughs) and you're like reading about serial killers and then traveling to the world of the living to like hunt down these serial killers and like uh, That's cool. at one point you're like hunting down Jack the Ripper and you're like traveling through this like um like a, a London subway station and at one point you like find his room and there's just like bodies hanging from hooks like covered oh, in like geez. sheets and like a woman like cut from I don't know her her neck straight down <laughs> and uh oh, God. and I was like I can't believe I played this when I was like 13 like <laughs> this is fucking horrifying uh i get stressed out about it now i have no idea how i played it as a kid but um yeah yeah that's interesting yeah yeah i wonder how good the graphics were back then because you said they updated that the visuals and yeah they well it's a remaster it's not a remake so it's just like oh. they a- added like a new lighting engine and like redid the uh mm-hmm. textures and stuff like that but um i don't know it, it, it looked pretty good for for n64 era um at the time so it's it's a little shaky but but yeah, I was like obsessed with this game as a kid, and so like a lot of what I've been watching lately is I'm just like watching other people play it on Twitch and like <laughs> chatting with them about like, hey, what do you think of the remaster and stuff? And, nice, uh, whatever. That's it's fun. cool. Um, That's awesome. And so remind me of the name of it again. Shadow Man. Shadow Man. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. All right. All right. Sounds I, cool. I think that's it. Cool. All right. Out. Well. That has been episode 38 of Vague Zone. If you would like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. If you would like to let us know what you think about the Vengeance trilogy, you can tweet at us, at Vague Zone on Twitter. Let us know what you think about this film's themes and the revenge plot and, you know, just the crazy craziness of it. So, yeah, tweet at us. We're always down to have a discussion online. Great to have a conversation about all the stuff we're talking about. It's been episode 38. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. We'll catch you on the next one.